I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you. But first, we would like to say a few words. Nitwit. Blubber. Augment. Tweak. Podcast nine and three quarters topic of the week is Should Hogwarts have houses? Hello listeners, I'm Rhea, and I'm arguing that yes, Hogwarts should have houses. And I'm Jem, and I'll be arguing that no, no they shouldn't. <laughs> Already getting pretty passionate in the intro. Yeah, this is our two, well, last episode was our two year anniversary. Two year, <laughs> not three year anniversary. We, we forgot to mention it. it. <laughs> <laughs> fucked it up twice. First by getting the wrong number. And then second of all, by not even mentioning it on the right episode. Yeah, so, so both of those are my fault. <laughs> so two episodes ago, I was like, oh my god, our three-year anniversary is coming up. That's so exciting. One, I can't count, because that's not how many years we've been doing this show. I can't count, I can't remember. <laughs> and two, I then like wrote into my notes for last week's episode that we have to talk about it and we have to do something. But then I just forgot like it was on my notes it was right there in front of my face the entire time we were recording and i just never brought it up Look, yeah it'd be like that so i i think that speaks to like the general level of quality and attention to detail that you can expect from this show yeah that's how it is <laughs> we have we haven't improved all the while while you were speaking just then i was distracted too because i i broke one of my fake nails and i was just like <laughs> looking at it and i was like what um, so yeah, <laughs> I'm so happy that it's been two years of this. <laughs> well, for the last couple of like weeks, I've been working on this art project, which requires me to cut out thousands upon thousands of tiny little colored pieces of cardboard. So I've been doing that for the past couple of episodes while we record. So <laughs> I barely pay attention to what we're doing ever. <laughs> Hope you love our content, listener. <laughs> well, getting into the arguments, I guess. Um, no, Hogwarts should not have houses. <laughs> it's a ridiculous and inhumane system, and I inhumane. hate inhumane. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping right off from our last episode, in which I argued that child cruelty is a okay, I am coming <laughs> in with the guns now to say that the house system is inhumane. <laughs> Hogwarts is perfect. Everything they do is perfect. I wouldn't change anything about how the system is run. It's all a-okay with me. Okay. So, so let's get some facts out there. From my research, I've discovered that there are approximately 600 to 700 students at Hogwarts. That's okay. on average. I have something to say about that. Do you have more things you want to say first, or should I oh, no, interrupt what, you straight away? What do you want to say about that? 
So, according to J.K. Rowling, there's a thousand students at Hogwarts. That's bullshit. But that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) So, this is, like, a known problem. There's supposed to be about a thousand students at Hogwarts at any one time. But with the way that Harry's year is set up, there's ten students in it. There's 40 students total, ten students in each house, five girls and five boys. Mm-hmm. That's like just obviously that's just practically so J.K. can keep track of all these characters in Harry's year, mm-hmm. because it doesn't actually make any sense in like real life. Obviously, that could happen once. Like you could get you know for forty perfect students <laughs> in one year, <laughs> but there's no way that the entire Hogwarts system is set up like that. But everything else around it seems to indicate that. Mm-hmm. So I think like in the Hogwarts mystery game, it asks you how many students are in each dormitory. And the answer's five, which means that it would divide out to be 40 split evenly. But that doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense. Mm. So, the like, the fan theory that explains it is that the other years at Hogwarts are much bigger and yeah. much less evenly divided. That Harry's year is different because Harry's year, all of these babies were born more during babies. the war. Yeah. Yeah. So, a lot of them didn't survive or their parents were killed before they would have conceived children. And there was like lots of muggle-borns which would have been killed. Yeah. So that's why Harry's year is so much smaller. And the fact that it divides out into 40 exactly is just coincidence. Yeah. So supposedly there's about a thousand students. No, yeah, there's not. (laughs) I've (laughs) I've looked into it. (laughs) So let me fucking butt the thing if you want me to actually talk about it in detail. Um, yeah, right. why not? Let's derail the episode immediately. <laughs> All right, let me fucking find it. Uh, okay, uh, this is from the Rolling Library. How many students are at Hogwarts? So, yeah, it begins with a thing with J.K. saying there's a thousand, and it's like that's bullshit. And then it said, "Does she say it's bullshit, or does someone else argue?" <laughs> we're, we're all like, "No, that's bullshit. It doesn't make any sense." So it was in 2005 when Joe mentioned okay. the topic again after a question by Emerson Spatz. Um, after a few months' consideration, admitting that math was not her thing, same. She seemed to accept that there were 600 students at Hogwarts. So is that number consistent? Okay. And talks about the original 40, as you talked about. And then it says, so mm-hmm. at a pace of 40 students per year, it's easy to see that in Hogwarts should be about 280 pupils, about half the guess that Molly made of 600. So uh, blah, 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 blah. But in any case, it is in the third book, Harry Potter and the Prison of Azkaban, where the facts back up Rowling's assumption from that interview. There were 200 Slytherin supporters in the stadium during one Quidditch match. So it's totally, totally plausible that one third of the students mm-hmm. support the snake house. What's more, their initial guess of 600 could be short, and there could also almost be 700 students in that particular year. In the film adaptation of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, there are about 120 kids in each table of the Great Hall, so a total of, again, about 600 as a whole. Um, and JK mm-hmm. said that when she saw this set it, and the amount of kids in it, it was like how she imagined it in her head. So that's kind of, yeah. Okay. But she's admitted that she's not good yes. at maths. So we're going with about 600 to 700 as an average. So about 100 kids about, in each year. Yeah. I still think it's about 1,000, but look, <laughs> hey, six to 700, whatever, good enough. I don't think it's near 1,000. The wizarding population isn't that big. I guess. We had a, about a, we had more than 1,000 students at our school, but I guess we're muggles and breed like rats. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to say 95% of the world is muggles and 5% are wizards in the JK Rowling universe. I think even 5% might be Honestly. too many. So yeah, I'm willing to believe that in the UK, on average, there's about 600 to 700 students in Hogwarts. 
Okay. Look, yeah. I'm I'm happy. That's fine. That's just my first, that's just establishing context. All right, now to get into the actual actual arguments. Yep. So, as you said, <laughs> our high school had over a thousand kids, and we didn't have a house system like Hogwarts does. Mm-hmm. We had sports houses, which is common. That's true. Like a lot of schools have, like, oh, we do like athletics carnivals and swimming carnivals, and there's got to be some way that we can evoke friendly competition. So they create four houses in a sporting context and they literally only mm-hmm. matter for sport. And what they do, well, what they did for our school yeah. was it was just alphabetical. So they went down the role and divided the names in the role into four groups. So A to F or something was in one group and then et cetera, et cetera. And the four houses aren't like very symbolic. It- They're just sort of given a color and an animal and a name. And that's just the house that you belong to as a, on an athletic level. <laughs> I think it was more than four houses as well, because there. I feel like there were a lot. They were all named after like ocean yeah. or beach animals because Maybe we lived on five. the coast. There was there was the sea eagles, the sharks, the dolphins, the no, turtles. No, no, you're getting mixed up. No, you're getting Ooh, mixed it up. It might have been just so. Like four. It was sea eagles, yeah. pelicans, dolphins, and sharks. And then you're thinking turtles because we had cross country mm-hmm. at our school as well. And when you ran cross country, you got sorted into two groups. This wasn't for like, you know, the whole school thing. It was just everyone had to do it for PE. And you got sorted into either the greyhounds yeah. when you were really fast or the turtles when you were anyone else. <laughs> so that's where that came from. Okay. We got <laughs> actually, no, we got tortoises and hares. Oh, okay. We had greyhounds and turtles. <laughs> Don't know why you had greyhounds and turtles, because turtles are fine. <laughs> yeah, turtles aren't land animals either, so I don't know why that was the but yeah. <laughs> no, I I thought I thought there were sea eagles and sea turtles as like two oh, separate maybe. sports houses. But look, I don't remember it and did it not doesn't matter. matter that's so why that's I fine. don't remember. Because it did not matter. Because the school system yeah. was literally just like, Oh yeah, I, the houses only matter on Athletics Day Carnival Day and swimming carnival day. And then that means that you just, like, you wear the colours and support your team. And if you get points for doing a certain activity, it goes towards your team. (laughs) Like, that's it. I basically don't remember this at all because I I remember being put into the Sea Eagles, but I didn't Mm. care about sport. None of my friends were in that group. And the the colour of our group was the same colour as our school uniforms. So nothing, it didn't affect me at all. I just went to school in my regular uniform, didn't do sport and didn't sit with my friends. <laughs> I've like banished that experience from my mind because it's not a memory worth yeah. storing. Like uh, the color, cause I was in Sea Eagles too. Our color was green though. So I don't know what you're on. Oh, I thought it was blue. God, I don't remember. No, nah, blue was dolphins. <laughs> blue was dolphins, red was sharks, yellow was pelicans. So Maybe- I remember it was like, I think I had, I was about to say maybe I was in dolphins, no, we but that doesn't make any sense because it's alphabet divided, like you said, and we have the same so, surname. I just, I just think I remember high school a little bit better than you because <laughs> I'm younger. <laughs> so, so also, yeah, I only had like one other friend in my group, I think, and then my other friends were in different groups. But we weren't forced to sit in our group all day. We could move around and like go with whatever because like who gives a fuck? So, like, I just mm. hung out with my friends on those days or else we just wagged it together and went to the shops because I'm not a sporty kid again. I don't even remember if my team won any of the years because yeah. I do not give a fuck. Yeah, you would just skip it. Unless you were a sporty kid and wanted to compete, mm. you just wouldn't go to school. The only year you actually have to compete is year seven where everyone has to compete and it's a nightmare. <laughs> I did not compete. <laughs> no, you can get away with it if you just don't yeah. go up on your name. My name was called and I was like, oh, I've already been up. And I, I just, like stood in the shower for a minute so I looked like I was wet, but really I hadn't gone in the pool at all. 
That's at the swimming carnival, not for the athletics competition. <laughs> athletics competition, I said I had my period so I couldn't run. I got away with it. <laughs> because as we know, women are weak and can't run when they have oh, look, their teachers don't question it, they just walk up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's how it is with a lot of schools. There are still, like, in England and UK and stuff, it is still a bit of a thing to have actual houses as, like, an all-round year thing. Like, it's just, especially in boarding schools, where it's like, oh, we have different houses. And it's not and it's ju- not just for sporting, too. It's just purely for an organisational thing. Like, so, sleeping arrangements are divided by a house, similar to Harry Potter. You know, mm-hmm. House A sleeps in this part of the school and all that sort of stuff. And they're encouraged to do like they're yeah. they're part of a sporting team as well, and then they have like house meetings. They hear announcements together, but besides from that, they usually mm-hmm. eat <laughs> with whoever they want to eat. They don't have to eat at their own like house table. Their classes are mixed mm-hmm. and stuff like that, depending on like academic level or whatever they determine the classes with. So it's not like houses are as big of a component to the school experience as they are in Hogwarts in real life. And houses in real life are used to encourage kids to socialize with others who are different to them or in different classes so that they can learn to acclimate into and right. thrive and thrive in diversity like in the real world. <laughs> okay, I'm beginning to see where your argument yeah. is going to be. <laughs> so, my first point about why the Hogwarts Hogwarts should not have houses is that obviously there's other ways to organize the kids um, that you don't need to have houses because it's not a big school population. Mm-hmm. You don't need to divide them into four groups to like manage them on an organizational level. I disagree with that. Okay. <laughs> Can you give me reasons why? <laughs> yeah, well, you definitely need to divide them into smaller groups. You can't have like 700 students of in every class not. and at every meal at the same time. Did and all we that have that at our school? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, that, you have to divide yeah, them but- into groups. It, I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be four groups. It could be, you know, three what? or 16 or whatever. But I'm four is just a fine number. all have classes together, all 700 of them. Yeah I'm, not, yeah, I'm just saying that all the kids don't have, there doesn't have to be four different sleeping arrangements. And like, or the sleeping arrangements don't have to be decided by house. They could be decided by a year group or something like that. Yeah. Well, they're already divided but by in year group and gender. Yeah. yeah, in the house. But so, say you have 700 students, so that's um, 100 per year, and then you split that into yeah. gender, roughly. So, you would have roughly 50 in each group. Sorry, I know gender's just male and female, but for simplicity's sake. So, 50 students to be sharing one space is still a lot. So, you still need to yeah. divide them further. So, why not into groups yeah. of four? Well, what you would do is you have, like, in like colleges where it's like they have wings so that, so that like the the castle's huge so they could be like all right so we've got like a first year tower and obviously mm-hmm. the tower has two sections so we've got male and female and then the tower has levels so what you do is you'd either alphabetically be like all right a to f women go up to the top level and then it's like yeah you know it's there's ways to do it where it's not yeah a house system but just yeah. you know randomly or alphabetically assigned your room or even preference room Mm -hmm. preference like some like schools do that where it's like you write a little note saying oh i would like a roommate and you tick the boxes who is fun or who is quiet or who is clean or who is like active and all this sort of stuff and then they sort of try and match the preferences but that's too complicated Mm -hmm. (laughs) most of the school systems i'm familiar with is just like you get what you're given random assignments (laughs) 
Yeah. And of you course. can swap yeah. as necessary. Yeah. The systems where you can, like, figure out what kind of roommate you want and what kind of room you would like to be yeah. in is generally a college system <laughs> where you're adults who are paying to be there, not high schoolers yeah. who are forced to be there. <laughs> Um, also, if you want to do the argument that they need houses for the sporting teams, not so. You could still have a system where it's like, um, there's a finite amount of sporting teams designated by the schools so to say there can only be like, I don't know, because of the amount of terms in the year, there can only be four or five sporting teams max. And then you just have tryouts for those sporting teams. But the design of mm-hmm. the sporting team mascot and the colors are designed by the students up to approval from the professors. So, of course, you can't have, like, the bomb team flying around, but, like, you know, you can have the phoenixes versus the unicorns (laughs) or something, or, you know, things like that. Yeah. (laughs) The cock and balls versus the pussy. (laughs) 100% what teenagers would do. Yeah. Um, And then tryouts are just held pretty much like they are, but not within a single house because it's just open school tryouts. But, like, obviously, kids would be like, Oh, you know, there's there's been like this team, and I I I, I want to go in this team or whatever for whatever reason. The mascot's cool, or <laughs> so. What I'm getting from you so far basically is we both agree that you have to divide the students up for pure organization to a degree. They obviously, duh. And you're arguing that there are other systems to they're like like there are other ways that you mm. could organize them aside from houses. And I'm saying houses are fine. We don't need other ways. We already have a way that works and a way that exists. Okay. So, so why I'm going to talk it? specifically because I've just talked generally about house systems, but the Hogwarts house system is the most heinous thing that I could possibly think of. So it would be fine. <laughs> it would be fine if, you know, the hot little icky, ickle firstkins walk in and they're like, hey, um, it's time to get sorted. And they have a hat and they're like, all right, we have all your names in this hat. And we're going to randomly pull you out of the hat, and the hat assigns you to a house purely okay. out of random <laughs> assignage, not out of personality traits. That I might be, I, I might be fine with that sort of house. System. Okay, but when you bring in this whole, yeah. I'm going to put on a hat on an 11 year old's head and have that hat read the child's mind and figure out who that child is internally in their very core, <laughs> and then I'm going to put them in a house. Full of people who are exactly <laughs> like them. That is the fucking best <laughs> equation for bias, prejudice, and disunity that I can think of. It's fucking wild. <laughs> like, that is- that's just- that just makes bullying so much fucking easier. Like, first of all, <laughs> a house system promotes bullying even just in a normal way. If you give a guy a red shirt and say, you're part of the red team, and it's like, woo, I'm part of the red team- as soon as that guy sees a blue shirt, he's like, hey, fuck that guy. <laughs> Even if it's based on nothing. <laughs> that's just human nature. <laughs> but if it's actually based on internal qualities, it's like, okay, yeah. you've been sorted into the ambitious house and all of us here prize ambition and hard and, and working hard to achieve your goals and determination. And it's like, cool. And then if that house at the end of the year fails... If you don't win the House Cup, or even if you come last, it's like, well, we as people have failed. Not, oh, you know, our actions in the House haven't added up to another House this year. They just did a bit better. No, our personality has failed. (laughs) We are lesser to the other personalities. (laughs) It's bad. Yeah. 
Because we are the people who specifically yeah. pride ourselves on high achieving. Yeah. Or working very but hard or being of, very intelligent. And those sort of personality traits aren't as important or good or worthy as the other personality traits. <laughs> There's something bad and failing about you specifically. Okay. Not because of a random allocation, but because of you and who yes. you are as a person. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> Look, you've already made a very excellent point <laughs> that I'm not sure how to argue against because as soon as you're like, put a guy in a red shirt and he hates all the guys in blue shirts, like, that's true. <laughs> that's just been proven time and time yeah. again. <laughs> if you split people based on purely arbitrary qualities, like, like eye color or just, just randomly split people and then tell them that their group is better than another group. It just creates discord. <laughs> that We've done that in social studies over and over and over again. Houses in real life are used to encourage friendly competition in sporting and academics for like and for school service. And this is achievable mm-hmm. because a competition amongst houses that are not determined by personal traits or inherent values can remain friendly because the designation of houses is not based on difference and the success of one house over the other is understood as that one house performing better, not one house being better because of who they are. So yeah. it's still friendly competition. Yeah, so the difference with like so like our yeah. sporting houses at school like like you said, they were completely random and they were just for the sporting event. And, like, if all the Seagulls did really well in sport, then see- the Seagulls were then a- disbanded and we all just went back into the regular student population and there was no ramification mm. for the rest of the year. But the Hogwarts system is permanent for your entire schooling career and the house point system is not just based on schoolwork and, you know, your general behaviour. Mm. It's based on personality traits. Slytherins, no. Gryffindors yeah. get points for being yeah. brave. Ravenclaws get points for being mm-hmm. smart. Like, it is, it's very personality based. And Slytherins don't get points for being cunning, <laughs> which I think is just fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm kind of having to redo okay. my entire argument <laughs> in the moment because I kind of wrote an argument that's like, you know what, we have to split them for organisational reasons and, like, you've got to split them some way, so why not personality traits? That's fine. It's no better or worse than any other system, but it is worse. (laughs) You've pointed that out really well and now I've got to come up with a reason. (laughs) It just objectively is worse. (laughs) Fuck. You undid my argument before I'd even started it. personality traits. I remember a series like that. It was called Divergent. Do you remember that series? <laughs> yes, vividly. Except only the yeah, first book because the rest were so well for them. I don't remember them as well. And just like, no, just it like didn't in Divergent, system. in Harry Potter, if the children hadn't been divided by personality traits, literal wars could have been avoided. This is my second point. <laughs> If sorting was random, <laughs> there would no longer be one house where all the children of blood purist Nazis were now all studying and living together. <laughs> and there wouldn't be inherently this division mm-hmm. anyway, where it's like, this house was based off this ideal of blood purity. That wouldn't be a thing, because the houses would just be arbitrary. Oh yeah, you know, A to F goes here. <laughs> it's not based off the idea of like... You know, this house is for <laughs> honour and this house is for purity and this house is for intelligence or anything. It's just, no, it's just... Mm. Okay, 
Um, <laughs> fuck. Okay, here's my argument. Here's my off-the-cuff argument because I've got to throw out my one that I researched. So, are you familiar with the phrase divide and conquer? <laughs> oh my fucking god, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe the best way to run a school... <laughs> is to divide students so that you can conquer them. As a teacher, maybe the best way to control them is to, like, split up the school so that all the rowdy, excitable kids are in one group and all the calm, studious kids are in one group. (laughs) Or in another group. (laughs) And that's the best way to manage teenagers. No. How's that Um, for an argument? Am I doing well? So, someone who's worked in education before, something that I've come across a lot, is this happens in real life. The school will organize it in such a way, and this didn't happen in my educational experience, but I've been shocked to discover it happens in other schools, where the school will put all the kids that have uh, learning disabilities like ADHD and autism into one classroom. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that is a terrible idea. Yep. That's our school did that. Oh, did, did it? Our high school? Yeah. Yeah, it did. It did. So our school was basically split into two streams and then the streams were divided into the number of classes that was necessary for however many students were in that year. But the way it was done was the four classes were special. The top class of the most intelligent student, the second top class of the students that didn't fit into the first class but were still intelligent enough that Mm. they needed to be divided from the population, Mm. and then the same thing for the lower tier. So the lower tier was the students with learning disabilities or anything that put them on the spectrum or any reason why they had to be divided from the other population. I'm speaking with big air quotes around my words here. And then the middle of the year was just all the other students who weren't exceptionally bright or had learning difficulties. And that was just, they were random. And all of the classes were given completely arbitrary numbers. Like the two streams were K and C, and then it was like, K1, KR, K6, K blue, and like it was just completely random. So, so that we wouldn't be able to figure out the system. But of course, we did figure out the system because we're not fucking (laughs) stupid. Yeah. So, anyway, as I was saying, uh, yeah, the idea of putting all the ADHD kids into one room, as I've heard it from people who have experienced it, is just a terrible idea because. These are kids that find it hard to focus and then they bounce off one another because they're all together. And it's just, it doesn't, it's just becomes an intolerable environment. Mm -hmm. Not only for kids that um, are trying to learn who do have ADHD, but for kids in the classroom that are put in there because they have maybe a speech impediment and not any other kind of learning difficulties. And so they find it hard to even get a word out when they're surrounded by kids that are like Mm -hmm. bouncing off one another. Or maybe, yeah, Mm. maybe somebody with dyslexia who needs to be able to concentrate because it's harder to read. (laughs) Schools decide, oh, lane difficulties are all the same. Let's put them all in one group together. That's terrible anyway. But anyway, that's a whole other conversation. Um, no. It's more like these are all yeah. of the too hard. This is the too hard basket. These are all the people who need special attention and whatever. We'll just put them in one group and then we'll just give that group special attention. And they even don't though they all need different kinds of attention. Them. Anyway, <laughs> the system's broken. Yes, but they don't. so is Hogwarts. <laughs> because your argument that like, okay, yeah. let's put all the... Um, <laughs> smart, sensible, introverted kids into one group and then have the jocks who are, like, active and, like, brave and reckless in another group and never the twain shall meet (laughs) is a bad idea. 
But they okay, do meet. Yeah, they because, have classes together. Well, they sleep they sleep separately and they eat separately. Yeah. But yeah, you mix the classes. So like Harry in the Gryffindor group has classes with uh-huh. the Hufflepuffs, yep. the Ravenclaws, yep. and the Slytherins. Okay, that. But maybe you just combine mm-hmm. the groups sure. in ways that make sense. Sure they do. For different I'm classes. I'm sure they don't just combine them randomly depending on scheduling and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> because no, I'm sure that's like a very thoughtful, measured system that's been based on trial and error, <laughs> and not at all just whatever fits. Because you're arguing that putting all the kids of a specific learning type, because you're arguing that, right, Gryffindors will learn differently to Ravenclaws, learn differently to Hufflepuffs, to Slytherins, etc. Yeah. It doesn't add up, because the Slytherins and the Gryffindors have I care guess. of magical creatures together, the Hufflepuffs no, and the Gryffindors have herbology together. These are all clashing sort of personality types and clashing uh, cl- like classroom situations, and they're just attributed randomly. <laughs> like, so the teacher can't possibly be like, "I'm gonna adapt my style for the Ravenclaw Hufflepuff duo in the afternoon, and then change it in the morning for the the Slytherin Gryffindor one." Like, it just doesn't make it. It seems like more effort than just having a consistent teaching style. And the kids are just done randomly, which is what happens in the books. I've seen that argument before, but like maybe the kids are sorted into houses also <laughs> as another way of like teaching them better because obviously Ravenclaws will learn one way and Slytherins will learn a different way. But it just doesn't it add up. It's a nice thought, but no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I I'm trying here, Jim. I don't have a lot to go on. Um what else, what's my next point? Okay. You are not the same person that you are at age 11. And if you are, you're lying to me. <laughs> so the idea that, like, you know, you put on this hat <laughs> at age 11 and you have this idea of yourself and who you want to be, you go into that house, maybe even two years later, you're like, fuck. You know, I made a mistake. I've changed so much. I've gone through so much now. And I've realized I'm not the, the, I didn't value the same things that I did before. You could fuck up your whole life. And I'm not being dramatic here because houses matter. They matter beyond your schooling years. So if you end up in the house that's not suited to you, not only could you have an unpleasant and uncomfortable schooling experience for many years, but the burden of being in that house could follow you like a fucking shadow for the rest of your life if the wrong people get a bad impression about you or something like that. Okay. How about this? That could happen anyway (laughs) without the house system. So- People tend to make friends yep. with people that they have things in common with, mm-hmm. especially kids. Like my group of friends when I was in school, I guess we were all we're all kind of in different houses because I've talked about this before. My main friendship group in school was me a Slytherin, and then I had a Gryffindor, yeah, a Hufflepuff, <laughs> and a Ravenclaw friend. Mm. <laughs> Those were my best friends, but. We were all people who were sort of studious, cared about school, and weren't, like, rowdy party people. We just, you know, were, like, more introverted and artistic and creative and blah, blah, blah. We all had that in common, even though we were different houses, I guess. So people tend to group up with things they have stuff Mm -hmm. in common with. And kids are going to form cliques and groups anyway. Why not do it through a system where a magical hat tells you who you should be friends with? Okay, so people are going to form cliques anyway. Yes, undoubtedly. <laughs> but putting people of the same personality type into one enclosed space for the majority of their schooling years, they eat together, they sleep together, they do most of their classes together, is different. McGonagall says it herself, your house here at Hogwarts is like your family. So, yeah, it's different because mm. 
even though you said that your, all your friends you had similar values and you had similar things that you had in common, you admitted that you all came from... We had different personality types. You had different personality types. None of your friends are basically the same personality type and value system in four different bodies, right? Because if it was... <laughs> no. If it was... We're all very no. different people. <laughs> exactly. Because roughly similar interests. Was, you don't learn from each other and grow together in way in a way that's like better and more and prepares you more for the real world like you know what i'm saying so like yeah diversity encourages growth yes diversity encourages growth and maturity in a way that the house system at hogwarts doesn't <laughs> in its current state so houses and actual boarding schools in the real world <laughs> where like kids are just put in randomly together so yes there'll be cliques within the houses like oh yeah all these kids like to party together all these kids like to study together but you know all of them still because you live in the you live in the same dorm together, and you probably have classes with these people, so you still know them deeply and mm-hmm. have lived with them, and you can still respect the different cliques and grow through diversity together. So it's different. <laughs> it's better. Yeah, the way that you grow and change is by meeting people with different experiences mm. and different lives than you, and learning exactly. from them and interacting with them. That's yes. how. Maturity happens. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Tradition isn't an argument, so don't come at me with the whole idea of, like, the houses have been there for so- Damn it! <laughs> Gem! That was my next argument. Tradition! The houses are based on the founders. You're supposed to try and emulate their example and live by their values. That's a very noble idea, whether it's perfect in practice or not. That was my next um, fucking point. <laughs> Stop countering okay, my point. To counter that sale. point, lots of people find things, and not all those people are good. <laughs> I don't want to live by the example of people like Captain James Cook or whatever the fuck you want to call him. <laughs> no, tradition isn't an argument. Culture mm, yeah. doesn't make people, people make culture. There are other ways to acknowledge the work and lives of the founders without replaying their mistakes into impressionable young children. You know, like, yeah, the founders did what they did and they created the great school, but, you know, you can just have a fucking statue put up for them. You don't have to embed all their mistakes that broke them apart and ended an era into impressionable 11-year-olds. <laughs> yep, well, <laughs> um, I think tradition's really good. You know, if we've done something one way... Since the beginning of time, no that's the way we should do it forever. Or genocide, <laughs> nothing should ever change. Or bullying. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. Nope. So, I mentioned Divergent before. There's a line in Divergent, the movie. I watched this movie recently. It's trash. Anyway, there's a line that says, <laughs> Why? <laughs> because I wanted to consume trash. Okay. <laughs> um, fucking Four is pointing to his tattoos. It's like, I don't want to just be. Um, dauntless. I want to be selfless and like smart and everything. Like it's the same thing with the houses. Okay, as a person, I don't want to just be brave. Yeah, <laughs> I love that you couldn't. <laughs> you couldn't struggle your way through that quote. <laughs> Four says right, some bullshit. Okay? Like as okay. a person, I don't want to just be brave. I also want to be smart and ambitious and hardworking. All the houses have good traits that should be encouraged in all students, and all the houses have flaws that should be addressed in all students. 
Making children idealize just one thing is making walking stereotypes who find it difficult to adapt to anything new. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair and reasonable, that thing you just said. <laughs> Did you have anything else you wanted to add? <laughs> okay, but look, despite the fact that the entire system is set up to encourage division and not getting along with each other and actively hating the other houses, <laughs> Dumbledore's always talking about interhouse unity. Yeah, I He's always why like, hey, you should, you should get along. <laughs> So is the hat. With all this emphasis on, you know, <laughs> get along and don't fight, and we're only as strong as we are united as weak as we are divided. It's because they're always <laughs> fucking fighting. <laughs> because you've got all types of people, and you're all gonna <laughs> be sleeping separately, and you're all gonna be learning separately, and you're all gonna be thrown up into the air and fighting each other separately on broomsticks. <laughs> but you all gotta get along. Stop fighting. I don't know why you all hate each other. <laughs> And you're all and you're all literally competing constantly. When you do something good, it rewards your group. When you do something bad, it punishes your group. Exactly. Rewarding your own group is spreading your cheeks <laughs> and taking a giant shit on the other three groups. And by groups, I mean types of people. <laughs> because guess what? Today, being smart is better than being brave or hardworking or ambitious. But guess what? Tomorrow, being brave is better than all those three. <laughs> Live in fear, children. <laughs> Prove yourself. Prove yourself. <laughs> I just think it's a perfect system. <laughs> Look, I just think this is the best possible way to educate children. Look, the fandom overall agrees Sorry. with you. Because I was doing research for this episode, and I saw like a few <laughs> polls about, should Hogwarts have houses or should it not? And literally the overwhelming majority, like 90%, is like, yes, houses should be kept. Houses are good. Love the houses. But there's not much, like, argument beyond that. <laughs> there's not much thinking about it. It's just sort of a, a gut reaction. Okay. And I get it. As a fan of Harry Potter, I love the houses. I don't love what they've done in the story with the houses, but I love the identity the fact that I can identify myself with a house mm -hmm. and I can look at a character or a person in real life and be like, oh, that's such a Ravenclaw or that's such a Hufflepuff. The fact that I have this new vocabulary to experience the world and other people is great. And also aesthetically, cool. I can buy myself green stuff and be like, haha, cool. Slytherin. It's, it's Instagrammy. <laughs> it's Instagrammy <laughs> and meme-y. Yeah. It's great for that. But when you actually think mm. about it practically and would I want to go to a school that yeah. has this sort of system in place? Fucking no, absolutely not. And it never did any good for anyone. For fun and for aesthetics, it's good. It's fun to be like, I'm a Slytherin and, you know, I'm ambitious and I'm cunning and blah, blah, blah. And my friend's a Gryffindor and she's courageous and yeah. she likes red and lions and that's really cool. And if I see like a cool red mug with a lion yeah. on it, that would be a fun present she'd enjoy. But like, like I was saying, those things are totally meta. The best argument for the house system is that it makes good merchandising opportunities. <laughs> it makes the story easier and more interesting to engage with as a reader because you can mm. empathize with the houses and you can sort people and it's fun. And it mm -hmm. also creates conflict and drama. And it's just easier to organize the school that way. <laughs> you can be like, oh, all the Slytherins. It's not easier in that there are easier ways to organize the school. <laughs>
No, not to organize the school, to organize the story. Uh, the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I mean, in the store, in the school, in the story to organize the schools, so you can be like, okay, well, I want there to be a big fight between Harry and Draco. So I'll put all the Gryffindors and all the Slytherins together mm-hmm. because they're in care of magical creatures class. Like yeah. it's easy to set things up in certain ways yeah. because you've divided all the students like this. The- that's the best <laughs> argument for there being Hogwarts houses, but that's not a good in-universe yeah. argument. That's a purely meta <laughs> argument. <laughs> But look, I'll give it to you. Aesthetically and thematically, <laughs> the houses work. <laughs> but should Hogwarts have houses? No. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a very different series if there were no houses. If Hogwarts was just a school full of random students. Yeah. Well, if they had the house system, but just not personality based, it still could have worked to a certain degree. But the whole thing with all the Death Eaters coming from Slytherin wouldn't be a thing. It would not be a thing. It would just be people from all over the school decided to side with Voldemort, yeah. and people from all over the school decided to side with Harry and Dumbledore. That's just how it would play- pan out. So it would be much more equal. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean, in that way? I st- yeah, I still mm. think it would be a very different story, though, because the whole idea that there there mm. is there are good and evil and there are good and evil people and they roughly align to yeah, these four stereotypes. Like, that's a big part of the series. <laughs> the idea that JK has invented that mm-hmm. people who are cunning and ambitious are inherently bad people is just wrong. It's inaccurate, and it's mean. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can, like, it's it, just- It is. When I think about- It is. Personality traits that I detest, cunning and ambition aren't those traits. For me, it's more like- Entitlement. That's the worst personality trait anyone can have. Ignorance and entitlement, I think, are mm. terrible. And there's no ignorance and entitlement house. Yeah. house. <laughs> Self-importance. Because those aren't traits that are inherent to someone's inner core. They're things that are learned and can be changed. But that's something that JK didn't seem to write into the story, that people can grow yeah. and change. <laughs> and so it's so frustrating reading about this fucking mm-hmm. four-system world where there's just one type of person that is just to be detested and to be hated and is not allowed to redeem itself because it can't redeem itself because it's the worst kind of person. <laughs> it's sickening. <laughs> yeah. She tried to do it with Snape but fucked it up. <laughs> he does not re- He's disgusting. <laughs> I know. She tried to do it a bit in the later books but it was sort of too little too late and didn't work. So you had people like Snape and Narcissa and Regulus Black. And you can tell she's faking it. You can tell she's fake. She hates it because she hates people that are ambitious and like determined and cunning. She just thinks that they're <laughs> irredeemable and not good people. I don't get it. Who hurt her? Who hurt her? Like, I don't understand why she's like, these people, these are the types. I don't understand. (laughs) Have you never met a person who's, like, so ambitious about starting a charity or anything like that? Like, I don't understand what's wrong with you. (laughs) Yeah. Someone like you who slither into your core and your number one goal is to, like, rid the world of sexism. (laughs) To rid the world of, yeah, child marriage would be step one. Like, or just, I am determined to eat this entire pizza because someone said I couldn't. That's funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> gosh, not all ambitions are evil. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's It could have been a lot better than it was, 
We've talked about this so many times, but like, it's a, it, the first book is a kid's book. It's for children. It's fine to split everyone up into the good guys and the smart guys and the friendly guys and the bad guys. <laughs> That's fine. It's just that like, <laughs> as the series goes on and as the tone matures and it gets a lot more serious and a lot more introspective, mm. like there should have been a redemption arc for Slytherin House and into house yeah. unity should have been the end goal. The whole, like, Dumbledore's army should have been the turning point, and then from then on it should have been all about the four Hogwarts houses letting go of their differences, uniting to fight against Voldemort. That's how the story should have gone. And that's how, like, right up until when I was reading the final page of the final book, I'm like, it's gonna happen. (laughs) This is where it's gotta go. (laughs) Because the Sorting Hat keeps saying it. It's embedded in the story. From so early, and it just never happened. You can't develop that kind of maturity when you just surround yourself with people who are like you! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's the tea. Okay, so is that how we're going to end it? I guess so. Um, Do we want to thank the Twitter person who suggested this episode again? Oh, yes. Thank you, at Ghost Rut in Town. Who asked us to do this as a mini hypothetical, and I said there was enough for a full episode, and was I right? You decide. Possibly not. <laughs> well, I think I had enough for a full episode. I think I definitely didn't. <laughs> you kind of got shut on. <laughs> it's just because I'm right. <laughs> okay, well, I've been Rhea, your determined to divide and conquer the children host. And I've been Jem, your willing to trash the house system yet still won't stop buying Slytherin merch host. Thanks for listening to Podcast 9 and 3 Quarters. This show is written and edited by Rhea and Jem. You can send us an email at 9andthreequarterspodcast at gmail.com, find us on Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at podcast 9 or talk to us separately on Twitter. Rhea is at SmashMouthRhea, and me, Jem, is at Jem underscore just Jem. Rhea and I would also like to thank Kate BDC4, who left us a beautiful review on Apple Podcasts last month. It's been two years since we started this, and we were so happy to hear that everything we wanted to do with this show, make hilarious hot takes about Harry Potter, has been realised for you. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Kate. We love you. If you're a listener who likes us too, please feel free to send us reviews or theories, or ask us questions and bombard us with so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the middle of the sea just to avoid them. The topic for this episode was provided for us by at ghostrat underscore in town on Twitter, and we love debating it. Thank you, Mrs. Rush. <laughs> our logo art is by Winged Corgi. Find more of her art at wingedcorgi.tumblr.com. This week's intro music was School by Nicholas Hooper, and our outro music was Hedwig's Theme by John Williams. You hear from us again in two weeks' time. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. 
That's stamps.com. Code program.